faithwire.com. Are younger generations starting to leave social media? We'll have the details on that story and more coming up on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire for Wednesday, April 20th. My name is Dan Andros, and I'm joined, as always, today by Tregons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire with a look at what's coming up on the podcast today. What's going on, guys? Happy uh, happy hump day. Halfway home. We're there. Yeah. We're almost there. We're like, we're two, halfway. 48 hours yeah. from now, we are going to be celebrating. Yes. Because the weekend yeah. will be almost Yep. Here. Indeed. It's almost the weekend. <laughs> so, I mean, we do such a good job of getting people through the week. We do. There's um, a lot of chaos. There's a lot of news out there that's just wild and insane right. and just really... Well, a lot of it wicked, to be honest with you. So it's a little overwhelming at times, but uh, you just sometimes yeah. just want to make it to the weekend. And this podcast, we are the number one. I, I mean, I, I'm trying not to brag here, but we are the number one for doing that. So, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Already Wednesday went by just like that. So, um, so what do we have coming up on the pod today, guys? Well, so like you said at the at the top, younger generations are maybe not quite as. Uh, quite as in love with social media as they once were. So we're going to talk about mm. those details because I think the latest data is, is fascinating. Indeed. It is. It is. And then we've also got a story about a 91-year-old Holocaust survivor. It's a really tragic story who died, uh, reportedly died in Ukraine after hiding mm. out in a basement with no food, heat, or electricity. Mm. That is just maddening to hear, too. I'm sad and maddening that somebody who had to go through the Holocaust and survived it and then has their you know lives a long life and then has it in this way just just unbelievable um we're also gonna end on a little bit of an up note somebody that i think a lot of people in the cbn and faithwire audience like candace cameron bure and she has some big news that i think is gonna have a lot of fans of hers interested in what she's what she's up to uh, in the media so we'll have the details on all of those but we are going to start with trey's story on social media and youth and the trends that are happening there. Yeah. So, all right. Story number one. So a new survey of 10,000 people it was commissioned by an investment bank called Piper Sandler. Uh, they found that just 22% of respondents between the ages of seven and 22 said that Instagram is their favorite app. Now that's a quite a big dip uh, from 2020. Uh, it's not huge, but it's still you know noticeable when 31% uh, of people in the same age bracket said Instagram is their favorite app. Uh, and many, according to the survey, now see platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook uh, as quote, the ultimate waste. Uh, so Gabriella uh, Steinerman, she's 20 years old. Uh, she talked about this survey with the New York Post. And she said, when you delete social media apps, you realize that you just don't need them. Uh, she said that she got rid of TikTok and Instagram in 2019 and felt an almost immediate sense of relief after she deleted them from her phone. And this is, guys, a, a trend that's kind of been coming. It's been percolating for a long time now. Uh, an even broader survey uh, of 84,011 people. This one's obviously much, much broader. It was ranging in age from 10 to 80 years old. Uh, found that satisfaction ratings is most negative uh, in younger adolescents uh, when it comes to social media use and whether their life is is good 
it trended negatively. Ultimately, the survey results suggested that social media use negatively impacts younger users' body image, satisfaction with life, like I said, and their self-esteem. And The Verge reporting on that survey noted that regardless of whether uh, these young adults were using social media very frequently, like on a daily basis or sparingly just, you know, a few times a week, uh, adolescents from 16 to 21 years old uh, reported having a lower life satisfaction simply for engaging with them at all. Like I said, whether all the time or just occasionally. Uh, And it seems, guys, like the longer these social media apps are around, uh, more people are realizing that the consequences might not, you know, outweigh. I mean, the the consequences might outweigh uh, the benefits. Uh, so while social media has definitely connected us, I, I think people are now wondering: uh, is that connection a good connection, uh, or or is it, you know, proving to be more problematic? For example, in 2021, this was in the late summer. We reported on on it at the time. Uh, there was leaked internal data from Meta, which is the parent company for. Instagram and Facebook, uh, that data revealed that the brand is aware uh, of just how harmful Instagram in particular uh, has been uh, for teen girls' self-esteem. Researchers from Meta reportedly studied teenage users' mental health for a a period of three years, uh, and the results showed that 32% of teen girls who felt bad about their bodies said that their problems were made worse by using Instagram. Uh, Additionally, that research suggested that teenagers feel compelled to use apps like Instagram, even if it's causing problems in their lives, uh, just because it's become so prevalent in society, they feel kind of forced to engage in them. So, and in December, uh, a survey by a company called Tallow uh, found that 56% of Gen Zers feel social media has led them to feel uh, left out by their peers, and 75% of young women uh, said that apps like Instagram reportedly uh, left them feeling prompted to compare themselves to others. So as far as why it matters, look, I just want to go through a few uh, Bible verses because whenever there's a big story like this, uh, I think it's important or any story like big, small, whatever, I think it's important as Christians, where to, where does truth fit in on this? So we know from Genesis 127, of course, we've talked about this verse several times, uh, that God created us in his image. Uh, the Apostle Paul warned against prioritizing approval from other people over the Lord. Uh, he wrote, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Uh, then in Philippians 2.3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. So, you know, our value ultimately is wrapped in who we are as as God's image bearers and, and as co-laborers uh, for the gospel. I think maintaining a presence on social media, just, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of problems with it. We've talked about it. It's really not <laughs> worth risking the temptation to, to no. judge or to compare uh, or to idolize. Uh, so, yeah, I just think that it seems like more, more and more nowadays people are, are kind of turned on to uh, maybe the negatives of social media and they're reconsidering, which I think is probably a good thing for everybody. Yeah, and it's like really encouraging, actually, to be honest yeah. with you, that, that even some, even if it's just the beginning of a trend or maybe a little bit, sure. Very nice to see that people are actually recognizing that because I think most of us, when we unplug our phone for a weekend or an evening, we see the benefit. We see that, oh, wow, I just don't feel, I think a certain amount of stress or anxiety just kind of dissipates when you turn off the device. 
it's common sense, but there, there, there's a reason why so many people are on those. They're very addictive. And so it's good to see that some young people are maybe being trendsetters in the opposite direction, right? Be, be the trendsetter, be hip and edgy and cool in a different way and not have a phone. At some point, the pendulum hopefully will swing back on that where it'll start being for cool. Oh, they don't have, they don't even have a phone. Oh, wow. Look at that guy. They're cool. Uh, maybe it'll work that way. I don't know. At least that's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to speak that into existence for my own kids. <laughs> I think it's possible. I mean, wired headphones are all of a sudden very trendy nowadays. <laughs> are they really? Cause they are. See, that's my theory on trends is I like for fashion and everything else. I just keep all of my old stuff and eventually it comes back in at some point and I'll be back in fashion again. Yeah. You think that's a good strategy or not? I think your old headphones are trendy again yeah, right now. They are. <laughs> they are. They are. So, yeah, but no, it's, it's very encouraging. We'll come back. Yes. Well, I don't know if we need to go back to tape cassettes. That was a little bit cumbersome. <laughs> I just but, when, the, when the stuff would come out of them and then they'd be ruined, right? It was like the VHS. <laughs> you know, you just like, yeah. yeah, that was never good. Never, never good. Or taping yeah. stuff. I, I had, get, listen, I know you guys don't care about sports, but I had game seven of the 1986 World Series on VHS and my mom taped over it some random show. She taped oh, over no. it. It's an all-time classic game. Of course, now I can no. probably just find it on YouTube, but whatever. You know, I'm a contrarian, so you're just going to keep saying I don't care about sports, and I'm going to have to just become a massive sports there you go. that You say it every... There you go. Um, you know, I, I do wonder... I don't know. Let me be the pessimist here with this, because this is actually <laughs> encouraging this this story. But, you know, I feel like when you look at society, we get rid of one bad thing, and then we replace it with something else that's even worse over time, I feel like. And so... You know, I'm hoping this is a trend in the right direction, but you know, the part of it that's disturbing is the addiction itself. I'm glad there are people that are aware of it, but you know, you've got a lot of other young people who were born later than this, and I think the jury's still out on what's going to happen to them. You know, mm -hmm. the kids who are even younger right now who are really growing up with technology. I mean, I didn't have a computer in my house until I was like 12 or 13 and I didn't have a phone till I was in college. Like, so, you know, but these kids, like my kids, they've got tablets. They've, and we, of course we monitor closely, but they're really growing up with it. So I'm really curious to see in five or 10 years what this looks like. Mm. Yeah, indeed. I mean, we're, we're the opposite. I mean, we are, we are pretty much home homesteading out here. My kids don't really have, we have computers in the house, but they, they can only use them downstairs when, when we're around and they don't have my, my daughter, I think I've mentioned this has a gab phone, which is a, looks like an iPhone and does texting and things like that, like an iPhone, but does, has no internet, no apps. And so, um, I'm we're big fans of that. That's been good. They like to play outside and we don't watch yeah. a lot of TV and well, whatnot. So look, I mean the, <laughs> Pornography, for example, is something that is so prevalent and it's so easily accessible that if you look at the stats, kids are exposed to it at mm -hmm. you know seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and a lot of times the first time they are exposed to pornography is completely unintentional. Yep. Uh, so I think being that heavily involved in in what your kids are accessing uh, can only bode well, you know, because yeah. it's you're at least postponing the possibility of them being exposed to something that they. I have no business right. seeing. Right. No, totally. Well, yeah, you have to be on top of it. I mean, you've yeah, got to be, sure. we have a, a tool in our house that we use called circle and it's, you know, so they, they can't even access anything or run into mm -hmm. anything right. and we're on top of it in addition to that. But you've got to be, you know, because look, my kids, their school gave them to computer, like they have computers and they have to use them for school. So it's like part yeah. of their, it's very much part of their life, but they, they can't access any social media in our house. They can't, you know, and that's again, 
you have to be on top of that. And even then, as you were saying, Trey, people still find ways, you know, they go to a friend's house or they're influenced by somebody. So it's a, it's a crazy world we're living in. I am hopeful, but I, part of me still wonders, gosh, is it going to get worse in five years? I don't know. Well, we'll see if Trey's story is any indication. Maybe, (laughs) maybe there's some positive signs of life for the near future on that. Yeah, well, I'll let you positive people considering <laughs> that. Uh, but another, speaking of stories that are, are very sad and not positive, uh, but this is an important one. It's about a woman who survived the Holocaust. Now, this is reportedly something that happened earlier this month, um, and it happened in Ukraine. This 91-year-old Holocaust survivor was hiding out with her family, um, and she was hiding in a basement of a store. And it's really a tragic story because they didn't have electricity. They didn't have heat. So it was very cold and they didn't have water. And it was very dangerous for them to go out and get water. And this particular woman, she ended up dying in this basement. And the reason the story is catching some attention is that 81 years ago, she was 10 years old and she was hiding out in the very same city in Maripol. In Ukraine, she was hiding out from the Nazis. The Germans Mm. had come in. She was in a basement hiding as a 10-year-old girl. They had come in and taken her mother, the Nazis, and taken some of her family members, and she hid. And here she was again, over 90 years old, hiding in a basement again. I mean, just think about that and imagine that. And her daughter spoke out and uh, was really just talking about what this was like, very emotional, that her mother did not deserve to die this way. Nobody deserves to die this way. Um, really just a, a horrific and tragic story. Um, again, you know, you, you think back, and she even said to her daughter before she died, I don't remember anything like this, what was happening with the Russians happening in terms of just what they were going through in that basement um, back when she was 10 years old, that this was actually much worse. The building was shaking. They had no resources. And so she ended up passing away. And then her daughter, Larissa, and her husband reportedly risked their own lives by going to bury her in a local park after they wanted to give her a burial. And so they did that. And I know that the family is reportedly in a safe location now, um, but this this death is is getting a lot of attention. You've got a Holocaust survivor who survived the unthinkable uh, with Hitler um, not surviving what is currently happening. It's just unbelievable in our in our modern era. And we know that what is going on right now in Maripol is uh, you basically have the Russians essentially almost taking complete control over that city. There's sort of one, one little area. It's a steel plant. And what's happening there right now is that most of the Ukrainian troops are there and the Russians are pushing back on them. And it's basically seen as the last opportunity to defend the city for the Ukrainians. So that's what's going on there now. Um, And so we just got to keep praying. Why does this matter? It matters, obviously, the Holocaust history. It's getting a lot of attention. We're seeing the human toll. uh, But also it matters because we need to be praying and not letting up, even if the media lets up, um, praying for those who are going through these unimaginable horrors in Ukraine. Hmm. Man, that is devastating. And you can only imagine what her thoughts must have been as she had to go back down into that basement mm-hmm. for her life. And it's just unimaginable. She probably never thought that would happen again. Um, and to to see that that's the way it played out, it's it's just incredibly sad and just really breaks your heart for just really everyone in, in Ukraine right now, but in particular, people who have lived through horrors like that. Nobody should have to live through any war, let alone two of the worst, you know, well, 
obviously World War II being the worst in our lifetimes. And now this, it's just, it's unfathomable and it's, it's tragic. And, you know, of course, you know, we just need to be praying for the families involved and um, everything that's going on in Ukraine, because it's just, it's really, it's, it's really, uh, there's just not a lot of words you can put to it. I mean, you can't fathom what a war situation is like in this day and age. It just doesn't happen that much you know, sans terrorist activity around the Middle East, you really just don't see boots on the ground. It's just not something you see anymore. So uh, just continued prayers on that. It's heartbreaking, too, to see someone's life bookended by yeah. such tragedy on both ends. And it just as a believer, I think, you know, it reminds me of, of the fact that this is a this is a broken, imperfect, and fallen world that is just... It's just riddled with sin and evil, and this is the consequence of a of a world that has stepped out of line with God's plan. Um, but I, I just can't fathom going through such tragedy and even witnessing such tra- tragedy, obviously from from a distance here. But uh, to witness that and to learn about it and not have hope in an eternity and hope in a in an afterlife and a a plan of ultimate redemption. Um, so I, you know, I think the more we face stuff like this, the more open people's eyes and ears will be and hearts uh, will be to hearing the hope of the gospel. And I just hope that believers, we know that we've, we've reported it believers over in that region of the world, but also believers here are using that story uh, as a way to, to say, look, this, this is awful. And this is, this is what happens when we live without God. This is what happens in a broken world, but there is, there is another option. Um, so yeah, I just hope that, that we're using it as Christians to help spread the, the hope and the love and the, the peace of the gospel. Mm. Yeah. Well said, well said. And, um, continue prayer. We just had a story on, on that exact thing on, on CBN about how people are receiving the gospel in that time. Mm-hmm. And so we'll continue to pray for that, um, to be done as, as all this happens, we don't understand why all these things happen, but ultimately God's working all these things for the good of those who love him. So let's pray more people keep getting drawn towards him. So, all right, that brings us to our last story that we're going to hit today. And this one is more of an uplifting note and it's got to do with popular actress, Candace Cameron Bure, who as we all know from full house and fuller house. And she's also pretty popular or was pretty popular on a lot of different Hallmark specials, Christmas films, etc. Now she's going to be taking her talents to a new network. And she's reportedly got a bigger role, not just in acting, but in maybe producing and having more of an executive role in the GAC family and GAC living. Guys, I wasn't too familiar with these, but you guys were. This was the networks that have been created by Bill Abbott, who made headlines before when he kind of got canceled at the Hallmark Channel, right? I mean, is it, do you guys have his quick background that we can hit yeah, before no, I, I mean, go on? He built Hallmark to what it was, what it is, which was an extremely popular network as the CEO of the um, the Crown, whatever the, the whatever company owns Hallmark yeah. Channel. And so he was the head of that company, um, overseeing all of it. He, as far as I remember, there was a commercial that... Um, they decided not to air, and it was a same-sex couple type scenario in this commercial. 
he had decided not to air it. Then the network, after all of this rebuke, um, decided to air it. And then after that, he was out at Hallmark. So it seemed to be a scenario that was over this same-sex commercial. And once he was out, you know, he was quiet for a while. And then he you know, reemerged with this amazing um, project here with GAC. And it's two different networks, right? GAC yeah. Living and GAC Family that he's running. Yeah, so we can expect now... In the aftermath of this, obviously, he must have had some role in recruiting her over. And now she's going to be making these family-friendly, faith-friendly you know, content over there on, on the channel. And uh, look, people love her. And she's often outspoken about her faith. Billy, you know her well. And I uh, have talked to her a bunch and interviewed her a bunch. So uh, this, this is going to be interesting to see what she comes up with and, um, you know, continues this because she's carved out a big niche for herself in this realm and look it's always good to see somebody who's putting their faith out there like candace does succeed get bigger roles get out there and then have their voice be an influence for so many and so this will be interesting to watch and see what uh, candace comes up with in the coming days and weeks and months over there at the uh, at the new gig yeah, I mean, it seems like the most interesting part of this is the way that this has been framed, and I have not talked to her about it yet, but just in reading about it, is that she's going to have an executive role. Yeah. So obviously, as you mentioned, it's not just showing up to produce or act in things. It's that, but it's also having a major um, stake and role in what is to, is what in what is put on the air, and that's what mm. she's been moving towards. She's been moving towards content creation as well. Um, Candy Rock Entertainment, Candy Rock Enterprises is her production company. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of fascinating for a number of reasons because she's obviously got the full house connection. She's been a family you know, household name for a long time. And then as you were saying, moved into Hallmark and sort of transformed that she's really the face of family friendly entertainment right now. And I think the biggest face in that space. So this will be interesting. It's a huge loss for Hallmark. I don't understand why they didn't like roll in truckloads of money, but <laughs> knowing, knowing Candace, that pro that wouldn't be what would sway her. It would be the mission and what she could do. So I'm, I'm really interested to see where this mm. goes. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, at Candace's career, to me, she's kind of an enigma in Hollywood, right? Because uh, she kind of you know pushes back against all of the the moral standards that have been celebrated in Hollywood. Uh, she is Christian. She's open about her faith. She wants to produce content that's family friendly, that is uh, just as appealing to kids as it is to parents. Like she she wants to create a content that I think is is honoring of those of the values that she lives out right in her faith. Um, so I think it, it, it is interesting and it is a big loss for, for Hallmark and, and the way that all of this has gone down is, is bizarre because she's kind of become like synonymous with Hallmark over the years. Uh, it's like Candace Cameron Bure and Hallmark. You could, you know, yeah. you don't think of one with Hallmark, they see a fan living, like both of you said, I'm excited to see what kind of content she produces and hopefully she'll have the space and the freedom to produce shows and, and movies and, you know, whatever that, um, that really speak biblical truth into a world that just so desperately needs to hear it. Right. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And, um, I think you're going to see this split with maybe a lot of people, maybe the, the big Hollywood stars that have faith and the woke sort of message is going to continue to increase. And you just saw Elon Musk tweet, about how Netflix is becoming unwatchable because of the woke mind that's infecting so much of the programming. And I 
I'm not sure if he tweeted this picture, but other people were tweeting a picture of there's apparently a show on Netflix saying he's expecting. And obviously, of course, there is. Ben can't get pregnant, probably get canceled for saying that. But anyway, the point being that this is only going to get more and more extreme. This divide is going to be more and more extreme. And I think you're going to see Christians really feeling conflicted about supporting some of these the most divide becomes pushed and pushed on the public. So Candace, one of the first to go in a different direction and take that executive role. And I guarantee you that's one of the reasons she wants that role, because if she has no say over the programming, then she has no say over when the company goes woke <laughs> and, yeah. and starts pushing things that maybe a lot of people are uncomfortable with and disagree with. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for the podcast today. Appreciate y'all being here and as always head on over to cbnnews.com faithwire.com for more news from a christian perspective we'll be back here tomorrow with more lord willing and that crick don't rise up on over our heads guys uh so far it hasn't thankful for that so god bless have a great rest of your wednesday evening we'll see you